With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good evening and welcome to Wrestling Rewind. I am your host, Angel Amoroso, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Iron Man, Tommy Cairo. I, Iron Man, hey, Tommy what's Cairo. happening? What's going on? Uh, this, week, this week on uh, Wrestling Rewind, we're going to get into Wrestling Archives. So I hope everyone's ready and uh, buckle up for a list of outlaw wrestling promotions. I like that. Yeah. So we're getting into this because uh, we got into the WWF and, and major promotions in the last episode. And now we're just going to give you a history of the list of outlaw wrestling promotions. So you get a feel of those so that when we talk about them later, you know what we're rewinding to. So this is a list of outlaw wrestling promotions in the United States, sorted by regional area from the 1940s to the 1980s. The list does not include pre-1948 groups active during the pioneer era of the 1900s to the 1940s or modern-day indie wrestling promotions. Outlaw promotions are traditionally defined as professional wrestling promotions not affiliated with the National Wrestling Alliance, not recognize the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and promoting shows in direct competition against NWA regional territories. Wrestlers who had been blackballed from the from the sport or were winding down their career often found a home with such promotions. These groups were often short-lived as NWA promoters and would receive top stars from other members to prevent a potential takeover of the territory. This was not always the case, however, as some promoter promotions freely cooperated with the NWA promoters uh, from the National Wrestling Federation, while others operated in areas where there was not an established NWA presence. Longtime NWA members such as Jim Crockett Promotions, the Universal Wrestling Federation, and the World Class Championship Wrestling left the organization in order to compete with the World Wrestling Federation during the 1980s wrestling boom. So that's the little map there of the professional wrestling territories of Canada and the United States. Quite a few. Quite a few. So moving to the New England territory of outlaw wrestling promotions, we have big time wrestling from Boston, Massachusetts, 
uh, owner, Tony Santos Sr. And the years active for this promotion was 1960 to 1975. Wow. 15 years is a long time. Yeah. For, for an outlaw promotion, yeah. uh, big time wrestling was a professional wrestling promotion that held events in the new England area of the United States from 1960 to 1975 for much of the 1960s. And by the way, uh, was the top professional wrestling promotion in Boston, Massachusetts, and was a significant competitor to the WWF. So, all right. And then we got Century Wrestling Alliance from Boston, Massachusetts. Owner Tony Rumble ran from 1989 to 1997 and joined the NWA as the NWA New England in 1997. He was the promoter there until his death in 1999. The Century Wrestling Alliance, formerly known as NWA Cold Front and NWA New England, is a New England-based American independent wrestling promotion located in Boston, Massachusetts. It was founded by Tony Rumble in 1989, a retired wrestler and manager in International World Class Championship Wrestling, and included much of its roster prior to and following its closing during the early 1990s. The promotion eventually replaced IWCCW as the dominant independent promotion in the greater Boston area in 1997, became an affiliated territory of the National Wrestling Alliance, and as of 2007, uh, was the longest running independent wrestling promotion operating in the New England area under a single owner, Ellen Magliero? Never heard of her. Huh. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I worked with Tony Rumble in the past when he was actually worked for NWA New Jersey, and uh, we managed the black carts together. And, and Tony uh, would go back and forth between the NWA locker room and the ECW locker room, kind of, you know, back and forth with information to different it, it parties of the fight. But we won't get too much into that. Tony was a great guy. Miss him a lot. Boston uh, bad boy. Yeah, he was a bad boy. He certainly <laughs> was. And then we move on to Century Wrestling Alliance from Boston, Massachusetts, also owned by, okay, that was Tony. I'm sorry. Uh, we move on to International Championship Wrestling. Boston, Boston, Massachusetts, run by Angelo Savoldi and Mario Savoldi from 1985 to 1995. And International World Class mm -hmm. Championship Wrestling was an independent wrestling promotion based in Boston, Massachusetts, and owned by Angelo Savoldi and his sons, Mario, Tom, and Joseph. Founded in 1984, defunct in 1996, they had an American wrestling style. They also filmed out of Parsippany, New Jersey for uh, a long time. And it says 1990 here, but I think I remember longer than that. Yeah. And also in Broward County, uh, Florida, was their headquarters in 1990. So, yeah. Okay. They still owe me money. Um, I'm sure they owe a lot of people money. I'm sure. Yeah. Your sister company was world-class championship wrestling formerly known as icw and then we got uh iwf the international wrestling federation from reading massachusetts owned by killer kowalski run from 1979 to 1996 
and the International Wrestling Federation, uh, also known as Killer Kowalski's All-Stars, was a professional wrestling promotion that held events in the north, northeastern United States from 1979 to 1996, when it was run by Killer Kowalski. The promotion was a uh, based in Reading, Massachusetts, with offices in Burlington, Vermont. It operated in conjunction with Kowalski's, Kowalski's famed wrestling school in Malden, Massachusetts. Yes, my first title, which we, I think I spoke to you about, um, was the I, that, that uh, what was it, IWF? IWCCW? No, IWF. Uh, Killer oh, IWF. Yeah, I, uh, for a brief couple of days, held the junior heavyweight title, um, which I won from one of his students with uh, Nature Boy Brian Walsh. So uh, it's amazing that those three people were all, you know, the Savoldis, Kowalski, and Tony Rumble were basically almost at the, you know, let, you know, overlapped each other. Right, you see Mary, they were right yeah. there, right. So then uh, moving on to, we have New England Wrestling Alliance in from Lynn, Massachusetts, and that was run by Jack Viles from 1975 to 1977. And then we got New England Wrestling Association, from New Bedford, Massachusetts, run by Joe Eugenio from 1988 to 1993. The, uh, under Top Rope Promotions, formerly known as Yankee Pro Wrestling and South Coast Championship Wrestling, it's a Northeastern independent professional wrestling promotion based in Bedford, Massachusetts, and is the largest promotion in the southern New England area rivaling other Northeastern promotions, including Chaotic Wrestling, Millennium Wrestling Federation, New England Championship Wrestling, along uh, with this trainer, Matt Heisen. Their seminars have been hosted by Ring of Honor alumni Jamie Noble and AJ Styles. A number of independent wrestlers competed in Yankee Pro Wrestling during their early careers, including Andy Jacks, TC Drake, Slick Wagner Brown, Johnny Heartbreaker, Shark Boy, Christian York, Metal Maniac, Robbie Ellis, Rick Fuller, and Dan the Beast Severn. Yeah, Robbie Ellis was this old guy that wrestled till I don't know, he was in his 70s. Been around New England forever. One of those um, lesser known or less featured guys. Right. Perennial. And then we have New England Wrestling Federation. So N-E-W-F, Massachusetts, uh, run by Richard Byrons, or Burns, however, from 1982 to 1985, also known as the United States Wrestling Federation. So I had two different names there. Okay. And then we got Northeast Championship Wrestling from New Haven, Connecticut, uh, run by Tom Jeanette from 1983 to 1993. And they ran against the World Wrestling Federation during the, ninth, er, the early 1980s, which included a legal fight over Springfield Civic Center. Bob Backman, a former WWF World Heavyweight Champion, served as booker for the short-lived group. Wow. So that's pretty interesting. I remember Tommy Jeanette. He was one of the guys that you know a lot of us worked for. I never did. And then we got Northeast Wrestling Federation from Weathersfield, Connecticut, uh, run by Mars Munchke Salo from 1984 to 1985. 
I'm sorry. What yeah. I just read was actually for this. They yeah, ran the against the yeah. Western Federation in the 1980s. Yeah, okay. I'm not familiar with <laughs> them. Yeah. But okay. Uh, then we're moving on now to the East Coast. Now, these are the outlaw promotions in the East Coast. So get ready if you were promoter in the East Coast. Buckle up. Uh, in Maryland, we have the National Wrestling League in Hagerstown, Maryland, owned by Dick Karakoff from 1988 to unknown. Dick Karakoff died on May 14, 2021. It is unknown at the time of at this time if the promotion is still active or not. So the okay, no page has been created for them yet, unfortunately. But uh, Dick Karakoff, I, I didn't know that. Would, He'd be considered outlaw. So yeah. then we have Wrestling Independent Network from Baltimore. Ed Zahn, Jeff Capo, and Julie Blanton from 1992 to 1993. This is considered outlaw? Ed yeah, Well, I remember when. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's an independent. I know that. So um, Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good enough. New Jersey. Uh, moving on to New Jersey. We have the Eastern Wrestling Alliance from uh, owner Ted S Stanley. Years active, yeah. 1985. I, I don't. That, that name, uh, I'm going to tell you, that's where I made my debut. Oh. Um, where um, Teddy was a uh, training guys. But Ted Stanley, oh. um, I don't know. I know it was Dennis and Murdy Galam. Oh, and Ed Ryan. Right. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not sure who Ted Stanley was. Okay, then we move on to Empire Wrestling Federation from New Jersey again. Uh, Jack Barnett and Enzo Morabito, and that ran from 1983 to what you're referring to, this was Dennis Glam and Jim Ryan from, and they ran from 1985 to 1990. So yes. actually, other UWA, maybe, right. Yeah, maybe he, uh, prior to the other group, maybe that guy was just a head guy, but I know they were part of it. And then moving on, we have the World Wrestling Association from Woodbury, New Jersey, and that's Larry Sharp for some reason. They have him as an outlaw. Okay, yeah, I guess he is an outlaw. And yeah. he ran from 1989 to 1998. And I think we all were down at Larry's shows. Uh, yeah. uh, and then moving on, we have New York. And the Camp IWF from Brooklyn, New York, uh, oh. owner Johnny Rods, years right. active, 1986 to 1990. So IWF Camp. And then moving on, we'd have the International Championship Wrestling from New York. Steve DeVito ran it just in 1989, one show. Yeah. They, they put some up, someone on a list for one show. Yeah. Uh, then we got the International Championship Wrestling from the, uh, that's, I'm sorry, same one, International Wrestling Association from Buffalo, New York. Uh, and that was Pedro Martinez. And he ran from 1975 to 1978. Yes, yeah, so you might want to, yeah, because this was a, a, in direct opposition to Vince McMahon. I think Eddie Einhorn was involved in that. You'll probably see that in there also. 
Yes, the International Wrestling Association was a professional wrestling promotion based in Cleveland, Ohio in the 1970s. It was founded by Eddie Einhorn and Pedro Martinez in 1975. The company descended from the National Wrestling Federation. It was originally intended to be the first national wrestling promotion, but stayed primarily in the Mid-Atlantic region. Einhorn offered his wrestlers more money and benefits than competing promoters, helping to lure bigger names such as Mil Mascaris, the company's heavyweight champion. Champion. Ironhorn left the promotion later that year and Johnny Powers took over as Booker. The company scaled down and stayed in Virginia and North Carolina after losing an antitrust lawsuit against a rival Jim Crocker promotions. Uh, the IWA, IWA closed in 1978. How unfortunate. Yeah, it was very, very exciting to be a young guy, uh, constantly fed only WWF and occasional. Uh, um, shows on, uh, yeah, on UHF, such as wrestling from the uh, Olympic Auditorium. And when that came on one night at midnight, we were like, what's this? It was just tremendous. We hadn't, we knew who the guys were, but we had never seen them wrestle. So, okay, the National Wrestling Federation, Buffalo, New York. Pedro Martinez also, that was from 1970 to And did I just read that one? Let me well, see. The original NWF was a professional wrestling based. In this game. Yeah, based in Buffalo, New York, and uh, owned by yeah, promoter they, 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 Martin. Okay, yeah. Robert Raskin closed in nineteen ninety four. So, and then we move on to New Independent Wrestling Association, and that was from Ardsley, New York. Mick Defate and Renee Reyes. Ran from 1984 nope. to 1985. No, I don't know that either. Uh, then mm. Ringside 41 from oh. New York City ran in 1976. I can't believe they're referencing this. You cannot find anything on these people. And what it was, right at the uh, Canal 41, Canal Channel 41, which is a UHF station, right out of the studio, they were like club wrestlers, and they were all affiliated to the WWF, mostly jobber type. So we'd be interested to read that. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I wish they had something to click on. They actually don't. Oh, it's wow. like, yeah, there's nothing to click on. It's just the yeah. information of, of the show and that's it. And uh, But then we move on to Univers Universal Wrestling from Rochester, New York. And that was run by Roger Reed in 1977. No clue. No, me neither. So then we got Vega... International Wrestling from New York City, and that was from 1978 to 1980. Familiar with that at all? No, there's nothing else to click on that either, huh? Nope. Nope. Uh, no, then we move never. on. Well, these are outlaw shows, so you know there's not going to be much to click on, I guess, if they're really yeah. outlaw. And then we have the World Wrestling Council, and that was from New York and Pennsylvania. Uh, Mark Tendler. Oh yeah. And this from in 1986. You familiar with that one? I remember Mark Tendler. Um, obviously, they didn't do very much. It's funny they had the same uh, name as uh, Carlos Colon's group. Um, but right. I do remember Mark Tendler, big, big gangly guy, like a mid mid card guy. So he must have went into business for himself. And obviously, he didn't do too good. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, and then we move on to Pennsylvania, our local, uh, to Atlantic States Wrestling Alliance from York, Pennsylvania. Owner Ed Zahn, 
years active, 1989 to 1991, also known as the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Alliance. Hmm. Now, we heard his name previously, Ed Zahn. Right. Yeah, he was just running an earlier time in Baltimore, as a matter of fact, he was. So, uh, started out in Baltimore, now in Pennsylvania. Atlantic Wrestling Federation in Hanover, Pennsylvania, was run by Max Thrasher from 1988 to 1993. So he yeah, ran right that right into the beginning of East, Eastern Championship Wrestling. Um, right. And I remember going there, and I guess he thought, uh, he didn't know if I was a worker or not. He's talking all carny and stuff like a big shot, but, you know, oh. he was all right. Max was all right. I think ECW used his ring early. Okay. Well, it came in useful. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got East Coast Wrestling Federation from Easton, Pennsylvania, uh, run by Paul Swag- Swanger. Swanger. In 19, from 1983 to 1984. Never heard of that. No, me neither. Easton. Easton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's where... Uh... Yeah, no, I know where it is. I'm just trying to... No, yeah. But, uh... What's his name? Easton Assassin, Larry Holmes. Hey, there you go. They got an assassin there. Yeah. Uh, and then we move on to North American Wrestling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, run by Mike Don Donatelli from 1986 to 1995. Wow. Yeah, North American Wrestling. Never heard so of it. Long run there, yeah. Mike. <laughs> and then we got National Independent Championship Wrestling from the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, run by Bob Raskin in 1985. I remember Bob Raskin. I think I may have worked one or two shows for him. Okay. And then moving on to the National Wrestling Federation, and also from the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania area, run by D.C. Drake and Bob Raskin from 1986 to 1994. Which one were you a part of? The of the original one in 1985 or the one from 86? Yeah, I think the original one. And don't forget, this is what morphed into uh, Tri-State. Right. morphed into Eastern ECW. Right. Okay. And then we have, let's see. Mike Dantello, but just as Super Pro Wrestling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Gene Dargan ran that in 1984. Three Rivers Wrestling Association from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Gene Dargan again from 1977 to 1979. Hmm. A lot of little promotions, you know? Yeah. And then we got the Worldwide Wrestling Alliance. That we all know and love from Colmar, Pennsylvania, Dino Sana. Yep. Dino Sendor. 1981 to currently just last week. Really? So and and then again in another week. So Dino wow. still running strong. WWWA, 3WA, whatever he's calling it wow. now. It's 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 still around. I had no idea. Then moving on to the Outlaws of the Midwest Territory, uh, we got Illinois Tri-State Wrestling from Bridgeview, run by Robert J. Brooks, uh, active year 1989. So he had like seven shows, I think. Yeah. And then we got Pro Wrestling International from Chicago, from Terry Skoll, from 1984 to 1995. Wow. Yeah, it's a pretty long run there. Then we got Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling from Springfield, Illinois, 
Herb Simmons ran from 1984 to 1992. Wow. They, they really, they hold strong in Illinois, huh? Yeah. Uh, then we got Windy City Wrestling from Chicago, uh, run by Sam DeCiro from 1988 to 2010. Now, Windy City, we all heard a lot about if we didn't hear about the other promotions. Uh, this was a familiar one. It's an American regional professional wrestling promotion originally based in Chicago, Illinois, established by retired wrestler Sam DeCiro in 1988. The promotion was one of several major regional territories in the Midwest, along with Dick the Bruiser's World Wrestling Alliance Association, excuse me, during the late 1980s and amongst the oldest independent organizations in the United States until last promoted show in December 2010. Wow. Windy City was around from January 30th, 1988 to December 2010. Wow, I just want no to idea. say that again because it's absolutely, this is pretty amazing. Yeah. And it had a lot, it produced a lot of stars. Lots yeah, of stars. lots of them. And then moving on to Indiana, we got the American Wrestling Federation from Danville, Indiana, that ran from 1989 to 1992. And we got the International Wrestling Alliance from Indianapolis, Indiana, from 1989 to 1990. This merged with the American Wrestling Federation in 1990. And then we got the World Wrestling Association from Indianapolis, Indiana, that's Dick the Bruiser. From 1971 to 1990, they ran against the NWA's Detroit office under Ed Farrat from 1971 to 1974. The World Wrestling Association Indianapolis-based uh, professional wrestling promotion, which was operated by Dick the Bruiser and his business partner, Wilbur Snyder, was affiliated with the larger American Wrestling Association and recognized its champions along with its own and those of Indianapolis-based powerful women of wrestling around from 1964 to 1989. So here you had Dick the Bruiser and Wilbur Snyder against the Sheik at Barhat. So that was interesting. Great stuff. And uh, then we got the Iowa Territory of the Midwest Championship Wrestling, Quad Cities, Iowa. Dale Edwards ran that from 1984 to 1986. And then Ringside Wrestling from Clinton, Iowa. And that was run by Rocky Brewster in 1982 and 1983. I guess there wasn't a whole lot of wrestling there in Iowa, but, you know. Yeah, you know, some of these that have these long runs, and we wonder why we didn't hear of them, well, they could have just been, you know, a low budget, um, didn't have the money to really uh, advertise, and they did well enough with their smaller crowds um, and not big payoffs because the names weren't huge, and they were self-sustainable, sometimes doing better than someone who had much more, uh, you know, capital or resources. So the reason that they land ran so long is they probably had no opposition and uh, they had a, a, a loyal following. Yeah, especially in Iowa. Like, what is your opposition there back in the 70s? It's like either you're running or, or no one's running. They're watching yeah. what the, the cows chew their cud. <laughs> so, you know, uh, so great time for wrestling. 
Uh, then we're moving on to the Michigan area where we have Michigan Championship Wrestling from Lansing, Michigan, run by Fritz Burns and Ricky Cortez from 1977 to 1994. Yeah, Ricky Cortez was a worker. It's a long run right there. Yep. Uh, then we got Midwest All Pro from Belleville, Michigan. Another run from 1988 to 1993. They merged with Motor City Wrestling in 90, 1993. I think Motor City Wrestling was a part of the NWA, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then we move on to the Superstars of Wrestling from Detroit, Michigan, run by George Cannon from 1976 to 1983. And then the Universal Wrestling run from Detroit. Uh, let's see, Jack Kane. Tony Marino and Terry Sullivan ran these shows from 1974 to 1976, also known as International Wrestling in the Toledo, Ohio area, ran against the NWA's uh, Detroit office under Ed Ferrat during the mid-70s. Yeah, Tony Marino was, uh, when we were talking about that earlier Capital Wrestling, uh, or no, there was another group that was uh, part of Capital Wrestling that was running in... Uh, I believe in the areas of Pennsylvania. And he was uh, one of the first TV stars um, who wrestled as uh, Batman. And that oh, was, really? Yeah, that was Tony Marino. Yep. Wow. All right. Did not know that. Let's see. All right. And then we got Wolverine Wrestling from Lansing, Michigan, run by Burt Ruby, Fritz Burns, and Ricky Cortez from 1968 to 1977. Yeah, Burt Ruby's a big name in, in promoting. Uh, very, very uh, proficient promoter back in that time. So it's a shame that a lot of these uh, promotions that ran back in the 60s and into the right into the 70s and some right into the 80s and 90s, there's nothing to click, click onto to get yeah. any more information than what, what I'm getting right now, which you, you, I'm sure if you searched enough on Google, you'd find it, but yeah. uh, no, not getting it here. Um, but then we move on to Minnesota. Pro Wrestling America from Minneapolis, Minnesota, run by Ed Sharkey from 1985 to 1996. He ran against the American Wrestling Association in the mid to late 1980s. Uh, let's see. Pro Wrestling America is a regional independent wrestling promotion based in Minneapolis, Minnesota during the 19. 1980s and early 1990s founded and promoted by retired wrestler ed sharkey a longtime veteran of the american wrestling association and owner of the pro wrestling america training center pro wrestling america featured many established wrestlers while between then then big three american wrestling association national wrestling alliance and the world wrestling federation as well as providing many light heavyweights and cruiserweight wrestlers with their first national exposure most notably sabu jerry lynn and the lightning kid yeah i think he trained the road warriors also yeah, I'm surprised it didn't have that on there because yeah. that would be notable. Yeah. Uh, then moving on to the Western Wrestling Association from New Brighton, Minnesota, that was run by Bill Wasserman and Patricia Brown in 1988. Looks like they only had one show. Yeah. Okay. And then moving on to the Missouri area of outlaw wrestling promotions, we got the Greater St. Louis Wrestling Promotion in St. Louis, Missouri, run by Larry Matz Matzik 
Mathieu, yes. uh, years active, just 1983, split with the NWA's St. Louis office following the retirement of Sam Muchnick. Yes, Larry Mastic uh, was a influential uh, in, in, in that office, um, being a right-hand man of, uh, was that Leroy McGurk we, we said prior to that? Yeah, he was, um, he's written a bunch of books, um, very, very knowledgeable, and he was there like from day one, um, like a right-hand man doing everything. Very influential guy. Okay. So, all right. And then we got Mid-Missouri Wrestling Association from St. Louis, Missouri, run by Tony Costa from 19, uh, just in 1985, actually. Know anything about that? Nope. Doesn't even, that all right. doesn't even ring a bell. Okay. Then we got NWAA. Doesn't even say what it stands for here. From Malden, Missouri, Henry Rogers ran that from 1963 to 1987. I'd, I'd like to catch some of that and see what was on that. Yeah. Wow. Nothing to click on there. WAA. Let's, let's look that up later. Definitely. Yeah. So then we move on to Ohio Outlaws. The American States Wrestling Alliance in Mansfield, Ohio, run by Charlie Fulton and Mike Collins, uh, years active 1988. Charlie Fulton, another one of those, uh, you know, jobber type guys. Right. But ran shows, so made himself useful, I guess. And then we got the American Wrestling Federation from Athens, Ohio, run by John Brammer from 1990 to 1992. Doesn't ring a bell either. No. Then we got the Great Lakes Wrestling Association from Euclid, Ohio, run by Lou Coakley and Joe Weaver from 1989 to 1994. Wow. That's a, a Great Lakes. I do recall hearing about them, but I, yes. you know, never, I don't think I've seen any of their shows. Uh, then we got Midwest Championship Wrestling from uh, Jackson Center, Ohio. And Jim Lancaster ran that from 1981 to 1992. Wow. Jim Lancaster, big Jim Lancaster. Uh, I'm familiar with him. Um, out of Ohio. Um, I'm not sure who, who it was that he worked for, but he was involved in Midwest uh, Championship Wrestling. Yeah. 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 He ran that. It really is. Uh, then we got Ohio Championship Wrestling from Cleveland, Ohio, run by Henry Robinson in 1982. Ohio Championship Wrestling run in Cle- Cleveland, Ohio, uh, by Tim Hampton. Ken Jugan, Ed Bonzo, and J.W. Hawk. Uh, From 1982 to 1983, Ken Jugan, also known as Zoltan. I manage Zoltan in Steel City Wrestling. Uh, Friends with Ken. Going to have him on for an interview soon. Uh, Yeah, he wrestled Andre the Giant. Wow. Ed Bonzo, too, I remember. I recall that name also. Yeah, all right. So, and then we go to Ohio Championship Wrestling from Ohio with Bob Fraud from 1984 to 1985. No recollection. All right. Moving on to Professional Promotions, Ohio. Uh, This was run by Bailey Barnes and Wayne Oberton in 1976. I'd love to catch some of these older shows. Yeah. The 70s. Probably didn't have too many. Yeah, right. Some of them only had like one show. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, Tri-State Wrestling Association from Ohio was run by John Summer from 1985 to 1986. Universal Wrestling Federation from Dayton, Ohio was run by Bobby Davis, Don Lewin, and Mark Lewin. There you go. In 1971. Had to be some interesting stuff with Mark I Lewin. Bobby Davis, yes, was a, was a manager early WWF. All right. And then we got Wrestling Show Classics from Cincinnati, Ohio, run by Bobby Davis from 1969 to 1970. He uh, ran against the NWA Detroit office under Ed Farrap for control of Northern Ohio and held the first ever wrestling card at the Spectrum in Philadelphia in the fall of 1969. Wow. So how about that? A lot Bobby of people Davis. voted against the Sheik. Yeah, right? Like the third time we well, heard that. The Sheik was the big guy. Yeah. And then moving on, we got with the Wisconsin area of Atlas, uh, the Midwest Wrestling from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Ran uh, just in 1986. Superstar Wrestling ran in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, also uh, run by Al Patterson in 1982. The United Wrestling Association was run in Milwaukee, again, by Al Patterson, Grace Brazil, and Sam Wells in 1983. And the Wisconsin Wrestling Federation, Palmyra, Wisconsin, uh, was just a show in 1984. Then we move on to the Rocky Mountain regions of Outlaws. And we run into the Diamond Belt Championship Wrestling from Boise, Idaho, run by David Gould from 1980 to 1981. And Rocky Mountain Wrestling from Riverton, Wyoming, run by Bill Ash and Raul Sanchez from uh, years active 1980 and 1981. Yeah, I mean, there's no shame in not knowing these people because they could have just been uh, three or four people that got together and decided to run a show with no real background um, or name value. So that's why they were one and done. Well, and back then, I mean, th- these are areas like who, how are we seeing people in Boise, Idaho? You know, yeah. <laughs> we have no idea what was going on there, but obviously they were keeping wrestling alive and yeah. you know getting whatever crowd they could together in their town with their families to, you know, watch whoever they could probably scrounge together to put on a show, you know, with with, uh, towns like, uh, you know, Idaho and Iowa and Alabama back in the seventies, you could probably pretty much put, you know, the boy next door versus whoever on the show and people would show up. So as long as they had something to do. So uh, good time for wrestling. Yep. Uh, then now we're moving on to the southeast area of, uh, yeah, the Outlaws. And we're in Alabama now for Dixie Wrestling that doesn't want to tell you who even <laughs> owned it. So, but it only ran uh, like one time in 1982. So uh, recognition for one show, I guess it's yeah. the only what they had back then to even advertise. So and then we can move on to South Wrestling from Huntsville, Alabama, run by Bobby D in 1982. Looks like he had about 13 shows. And then the World Wrestling Organization from Mobile, Alabama, run by Mr. Ito in 1988. Yeah, Mr. Ito, I remember from, you know, that, that time frame was just another one of the many, you know, Asians that uh, were utilized 
um, everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so now moving on to Florida. Oh boy, Florida with the with their many outlaw independents. Yeah. Let's go Florida. Uh, All-American Championship Wrestling from Newport Ritchie, Florida. Owner Bob Hamill, years active, 1983 to 2013. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I actually yeah. ran shows in Florida. It didn't last that long. But, uh, yeah, amazing. And then we move on to Allied Sports, Miami, Florida, run by Mel Ziegler in 1972. Uh, they ran against the NWA Miami's office under Bill Dundee in 1972. Oh, wow. So uh, that's there. And uh, that's not there. <laughs> Championship Wrestling Federation uh, uh, from Tampa, Florida, was run by Boris Malenko uh, in 1991. Yeah, I was I was at their school uh, down here in Tampa. Uh, yeah, I think we all visited down there. Yeah. I actually lived down there. Um, yeah, very nice. Not Good far. area. Yeah, it was great. And so uh, then we move on to global wrestling. Uh, from Boca Raton, Florida, uh, and that was run by Bob Roop, Boris Malenko, and Red Roberts from 1986 to 1988. So uh, uh, Boris Malenko, stronghold on Florida at the time, you know, big yeah. big favorite, and and then carried on in, into generations where people worship him. Yeah. Now. So I think you would consider this probably. I'm just taking a shot here. Uh, by the fact, you got Bob Roop and Boris Malenko. Um, this may have been like a revenge, uh, you know, federation uh, based on their falling out with maybe with Florida Championship Wrestling for a short time. Right. Um, because when guys get together like, like that, you know, in an area that is run like by mostly Florida Championship Wrestling, um, you can imagine maybe there was an issue and this is, uh, we'll fix them, we'll run our own group. Egos, attitudes, everything starts yep. colliding, especially in the heat. <laughs> and yeah. then we move, moving on to global wrestling. I've run out of Boca Raton. I'm sorry, I did that already. Um, moving on then to Independent Pro Wrestling Association from Davie, Florida, run by Rusty Brooks from 1988 to 2003. Wow. That uh, These Florida runs are amazing. And some of yeah. them are Still running. It's like they have to die to stop running. Well, Rusty Brooks <laughs> died. Uh, yo, oh, yeah. well, bless his heart. Okay, yeah. and then we have uh, Intercontinental Championship Wrestling Alliance from Tampa, Florida, run by Ron Slinker from 1989 to 1995, also known as the International Championship Wrestling Alliance. Long yeah, runs, so Florida. They really hang on a long time down there. Yeah. Ron Slinker's another one of those guys that was, you know, worked all over now. Mm -hmm. Then we have the International World Wrestling Alliance from Tampa, Florida again. Boris Malenko in 1984. Boris getting a lot of play. Professional Wrestling Alliance uh, run by John Davenport in 1985. Then we move on to Professional Wrestling Federation, Tampa, Florida, run by Dusty Rhodes, Mike Graham, and Steve Kern. And from 1989 wow. to 1991, the Florida Sportatorium. And we all know, I don't know why they don't have a write-up on this to tell us about it, but uh, yeah. they definitely should. So, And then we have Southern Wrestling Federation from Claremont, Florida. And that was run by Jerry Gray from 1988 
1993. Yeah, Jerry Gray was uh, another, you know, enhancement talent that worked for uh, uh, Crockett Promotions for many years. All right. He was, uh, was he involved with the power plant? And, um, or that was, that was later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Then we have Sunbelt Wrestling from Jacksonville, Florida, run by Don Curtis and Louis Talley. Uh, in 1981, they ran against the NWA's Florida office following a dispute with Eddie Grant. Yeah, see, there's another one born out of, you know, revenge. And Louis Tillet right. and Don Curtis were big names in, in wrestling themselves. It seems like a lot of the Florida offices were developed out of spite, but w which was yeah. great because it gave yeah. all the talent down there more, you know, more places to develop. So it, it actually ended up working for everyone. Sure. <laughs> So, okay, and then we move on to, well, we got Suncoast Pro Wrestling from Brayton, Florida, Henry Reigns, 1989-1993, Universal Wrestling Association in Panama City, Florida, uh, run by Lynn Austin in 1985, and then the World League Wrestling, run in Jacksonville, Florida, by Don Curtis in 1981. Another worker, you know, giving a shot. Right. It seems like some of the best promotions were run by guys who were wrestlers first. Yeah, but so. as you can see a lot of them were, not all of them, but some of them were short. The bigger the name, the shorter the run is as a promoter, I think, because, you know, it, it, it makes you not like the business. <laughs> it really does. It gets tiring. You start just hating everyone and everything about it. Uh, so moving on to the Georgia area of Outlaw Independent wrestling promotions we got all all south wrestling alliance in from atlanta georgia owner ann gunkel years active 1972 to 1974 they ran against georgia championship wrestling after her husband's death yes uh ray gunkel um and if you remember i uh told you about that book that i got through the lens uh through the through the ropes through the lens uh, pictures of that particular group um, that Ann Dunkel ran after her husband died. So um, very uh, influential at that time. It was considered uh, definitely an outlaw promotion. Great. And great. Anne. <laughs> and then we got all-star championship wrestling from Macon, Georgia run by Grady Odom in 1985. And then the American wrestling federation Run in 1984, American Wrestling Federation in Bainbridge, Georgia, run by Frankie Kane in 1986. And in Deep South Wrestling, there's a familiar one, uh, McDonough, Georgia, run by Jody Hamilton, 1986 to 1988. Jody Hamilton in charge of a, a, a lot of earlier journeyman bookings in WCW. That's the assassin. Yes. Uh, so Deep South Wrestling was a professional wrestling promotion based in McDonough, Georgia. Deep South Wrestling worked in tandem with World Wrestling Entertainment as a developmental territory from 2005 until April 18, 2007. Deep South was owned by Jody Hamilton, former director of the WCW Power Plant, a previous version of Deep South, which had a working agreement with the American Wrestling Association, was also run by Hamilton from 1986 to October 1988. So Jody 
uh, you know, responsible for moving a lot of guys along. Yeah. Then uh, moving along to International Wrestling League from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, owned by Jim Wilson and Thunderbolt Patterson, ran in 1974 against Georgia Championship Wrestling in the mid-1970s, uh, and they filed an antitrust lawsuit against the NWA in 1976. Yeah, so, you know, Thunderbolt Patterson, very vocal uh, at one point um, regarding racism in wrestling. Oh, okay. Well, that's what the antitrust is about? Maybe. I'm not sure. But there was a lot of that happening. So a lot of legal action. Well, it's good that someone spoke up. Someone had to, you know. It's always got to be the first. Uh, Then we're moving on to Southern Championship Wrestling from Atlanta, Georgia, run by Jerry Blackwell and Joe Pettisino. And this ran from 1988 to 1990. Southern Championship Wrestling, Georgia also known as SCW, was a professional wrestling promotion that was founded in Marietta, Georgia by Jerry Blackwell and operated from 1988 to 1990 and was continued by his successor, Joe Petticino, who ran the promotion as Georgia All-Star Wrestling for another year. Uh, Okay, so then we move on to Star Star Calvacade, Wrestling from Bainbridge, Georgia, run by Frankie Kane, Lowell Tackles, and Sue Tackles in 1988. Uh, I believe Frankie Kane is the great Mephisto, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Well, that explains him. And there's uh, Star Wrestling from Bainbridge, Georgia. Again, Frankie Kane, 1982, ran that from 1982, a while ago. And then the World League Wrestling from Atlanta, Georgia, run by Lars Anderson from 1979 to 1982. Larry Heinemimi. <laughs> Is that That's, what was that, his job name? Or? Lars uh, Anderson wrestled as Larry Heinemimi. <laughs> what a name. Yeah, but uh, when uh, IWA started, um, he was one of the you know, people they would show on the screen with his name, and I was like, "That's a, you got to get rid of that." <laughs> yeah, it's a little crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, then moving on to the Kentucky area of Outlaw Wrestling Promotions, we got All Star Wrestling from Pudica, Kentucky, run by Phil Golden from 1972 to 1974, and then the International Championship Wrestling run from Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, this was Angelo Poffo's federation from 1978 to 1984. Uh, he ran against Continental Wrestling Association in Kentucky and assisted fellow Outlaw Promotions All-Star Wrestling in its war against the NWA-affiliated Southeastern Championship Wrestling in Knoxville, Tennessee. So, wow. International Championship Wrestling. Uh based in Lexington, Kentucky, that operated from 1978 until 1984, was run by Angelo Poffo, the father of Randy Savage and the genius Lanny Poffo. Throughout its wrestling history, ICW was considered an outlaw promotion as it was not a member of the National Wrestling Alliance and promoted shows in direct competition against NWA regional territories. So another, like a spark. <laughs> kind of the same talent, a very similar looking show. Um, and if you go back and watch either one of those, 
a lot of the, you know, big stars were developed there. And a lot of name talent went through both of those promotions. Absolutely. And then we move on to International Wrestling Association. Ran one show in 1984. Doesn't even give the promoter's name here. Uh, then we got Mountain Wrestling Association from Georgetown, Kentucky, run by Dale Mann from 1979 to 1995. Wow. 1979 Follow the cows around, <laughs> which yeah. is nothing wrong with that. And, yeah. and moving on, we got uh, North Carolina territory, the Atlantic Coast Wrestling, uh, Mooresville, North Carolina owner Nelson Royal ran yeah. from 1988 to 1991. Another long run for an independent outlaw, yeah. as they call it. Uh, yeah, Nelson Royal, great, great journeyman. Junior heavyweight champion. As we call it, exactly. Yep. <laughs> the oldest junior heavyweight champion yeah. on the planet. Greatest gimmick yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the Carolina Championship Wrestling Alliance from Smithfield, North Carolina, run by Dexter Justice Smithfield, Glenwood Crocker, Glenwood Crocker, Jerry Kennett, Jim Massingale, and Sandy Lee. From 1987 to 1997. Yeah, too many uh, captains here of the yeah. ship. It's uh, 1987 and 1997, so they kept it together for 10 years, so they must have yeah. been doing something right. Yeah. And then we got the Eastern Wrestling Association from Lexington, North Carolina, and that was run by Johnny Hunter from 1974 to 1989. Yep, yeah. he was a legend, Johnny Hunter. Long run. I mean, he, yeah. he must have been doing something right. Yeah. Then we got the International Wrestling Alliance from Greensboro, North Carolina, run by Ken Spence from 1979 to 1997. So uh, next we move on to the North American Wrestling Alliance from Burlington, North Carolina, run by James Wells from 1980 to 1999. Wow. These are amazing runs for this territory. North Carolina really? was hot. It yeah. was hot bumping. So uh, then we got the North American Wrestling Alliance from Kings Mountain, North Carolina, run by Buddy Porter from 1980 to 1995. Wow. Another long runner. North American Wrestling Alliance from Lenore, North Carolina, run by Mark Henderson, 1982 <laughs> to the year 2000. Crazy. Bravo, Mark Henderson. Yeah. Keeping alive. Uh, then we got the South Atlantic Pro Wrestling from Charlotte, North Carolina, run by George Scott and Paul Jones from 1990 to 1992. Now, South Atlantic Pro Wrestling, uh, formerly known as North American Wrestling Association, was a professional wrestling promotion founded by George Scott, uh, John Wrigley, and Mike Lambert in Charlotte, North Carolina in 1990 and later taken over by Paul Jones and Frank Dusek. 
It was uh, the last effort of reviving the NWA Mid-Atlantic's wrestling territory. Uh, so then we have... Yeah, uh, Dusek, you know, Dusek. What's uh, that? Dusek was part of the Dirty Dusek's. Uh, Dusek was part of the Dirty Dusek's. Um, huge family of pro wrestlers. Uh, and, of course, you know, um, that South Atlantic Pro Wrestling produced a young Vince Torelli who is actually uh, Ken Shamrock. All right. That long ago, too. Yeah, Ken Shamrock's been around for a long time. People yeah. don't realize that. Uh, then moving on, yeah. we have Southern Championship Wrestling from Lenore, North Carolina, run by Chief J. Eagle from 1983 to 1990. These are just amazing runs in North Carolina. They really know how to put it together. Yeah. And then we got South Carolina for not as many wrestling promotions. So their outlaws were Atlantic Coast Wrestling in Columbia, South Carolina, run by Ira Parks from 1981 to 1990. And then big-time promotions uh, in South Carolina, run by Dale Stepp again in 1982 to 1992. So there goes South Carolina's wrestling for a good 10 years from the 80s yeah. to the 90s. Uh, good for Dale step in that area because I'm, I'm you know, otherwise it doesn't if, look like they'd uh, have much. Yeah, I'm wondering if the proximity to uh, you know the bigger groups in South Carolina limited you know the amount of um, outlaw promotions because now you're talking about you know getting close to uh, you know where Crocker Promotions was was running. So that right. may have been a deterrent. Of course, uh, you would imagine so, since, you know, the, if you get too close to the competition, it'll cross you. So uh, then yep. moving on to Tennessee, not too many. It looks like all-star championship wrestling from Knoxville, Tennessee, run by Bob Roop, Bob Orton Jr., Boris Malenko, Ronnie Garvin, and Ron Wright from 1979 wow. to 1980. And All-Star Championship Wrestling was a professional wrestling promotion that was founded in Knoxville, Tennessee, in Knoxville, Tennessee by Ron Wright, Ronnie Garvin, Bob Root, Bob Wharton Jr., and Boris Malenko in 1979. The group informally known as the Knoxville Five broke away from Southeastern Championship Wrestling and fought a six-month war against the National Wrestling Alliance promoter Ron Fuller over control over the NWA Knoxville's territory. Although the outlaw group was successful in its efforts to oust Fuller, the promotional war is blamed for killing pro wrestling in Knoxville for several years during the 1980s wrestling boom. So I, yeah. it sounds like, sounds like something good. Sounds like it would have been great. Yeah. 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 Then we I, move I on. All those people running it, I can't see where it wouldn't be a great show. Yeah. Yep. It's got the experience behind it, definitely. So then we move on to All-Star Championship Wrestling from Knoxville, Tennessee, run by Bill Needham from 1990 to 1992. And then we got Continental Wrestling Federation from Knoxville, Tennessee, run by Ron Fuller from 1988 to 1989. And Continental Championship Wrestling 
was a professional wrestling uh, based in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Dalton, Alabama from 1985 until 1989. Owned by Ron Fuller, the promotion evolved out of the NWA-affiliated Southeastern Championship Wrestling and Gulf Coast Championship Wrestling territories owned by Fuller, who purchased the Knoxville territory from John uh, Kazana. In nineteen seventy-four and the Alabama Florida Territory in nineteen seventy-seven, when Fuller sold the promotion to David Woods in nineteen eighty-eight, the name was changed to Continental Wrestling Federation. So then we move on to independent wrestling independent wrestlers union, and that was run in nineteen eighty-two, was not given us even a town or the promoter. Uh, and then Mid-South Wrestling Association run in mid, I'm sorry, Memphis, Tennessee by Russ Edwards in 1982, also known as Mid-South Pro Wrestling. So, uh, and then we have the Southern States Championship Wrestling in, from Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, run by James Strange from 1986 to 1991. Hmm. Long run. Yeah. And then. USA Wrestling from Knoxville, Tennessee, run by David Woods and Robert Fuller uh, from 1987 to 1988. Yeah, that was uh, actually had Gordon Soley as commentary. And um, what was the guy's name? It was a power lifter. Uh, I can't remember his name. Dan Crofat, I think maybe it was. Um, Big legs, power lifter guy featured him. Uh, It was a really good show. If you get a chance... Um, look it up. Um, there's a bunch of episodes, but it was, it was a strong, strong uh, show for sure. Yes, USA Wrestling from Knoxville again. Yep. If you want to look that up, and then we got the Universal Wrestling Association from Knoxville, Tennessee, with Buddy Lee and Luthez uh, being the owners, and that was in 1976, and they ran against the NWA Mid America following a dispute with Nick Gulas. Yes, Gulas. Uh, was also um, in competition with the formerly uh, mentioned uh, Ann and Ray Gunkel. Okay. And then we got uh, Virginia Territory, the All-American Wrestling. Ryko, Virginia, uh, owners Denny Million and Jerry Vanover. And that ran from 1988 to 1996. Nice little run. And the American Championship Wrestling in Hillsville, Virginia, Bob Ross ran that in 1978. The United Wrestling Association in Castlewood, Virginia, run by Mike Sampson from 1989 to 1995. And then we got the Virginia Wrestling Association from Richmond, Virginia, run by Dave Leahy from 1988 to 1993. Five years. Yeah. So, and then we got the West Virginia Outlaws, the American International Wrestling in Oak Hill, West Virginia, ran from 1954 to 1977. Wow. Amazing. It is amazing. Uh, it is. American International Wrestling from Logan, West Virginia, owned by Larry Bowling, ran in 1989. The North American Championship Wrestling uh, ran from 1980 to 1985. Uh, Three Rivers Wrestling, run by Ken Jugan. Uh, Zoltan ran from 1977 to 1979 and merged with the Knoxville, Tennessee's based all-star wrestling in September, 1979 and United States wrestling Alliance, uh, 1982. 
And then moving on to the Southwest area of Outlaws, we got International Wrestling Union from Phoenix, Arizona. Marcel Beauvais ran this in 1983. Universal Wrestling, uh, of course, Universal Wrestling Association was run in Phoenix, Arizona by Barry Bernstein from 1972 to 1974. The Western States Wrestling Alliance was run in Phoenix, Arizona by Barry Bernstein, uh, Bernstein, or sorry, David Rose and Mark, Marcel Beauvais from 1974 to 1991. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed at reading these dates. Yeah. Uh, some, some promotions can't keep it together for two shows, you know. So yeah, uh, next we have the World Athletic Association run out of Phoenix, Arizona, uh, promoters Al Fenn and Ernie Muhammad that ran from 1954 to 1973. What? Oh, yeah. God. 1954 to 1973. So Al Fenn and Ernie Muhammad, we got to look wow. up some World Athletic Association wrestling from Phoenix, Arizona, because that must be amazing. Absolutely. And then we got Oklahoma. The Universal Wrestling Federation, Tulsa, Oklahoma, owner Bill Watts. Years active, 1979 to 1987. See, so UWF was around longer than one year. 1979 yeah. to 1987. Uh, okay, originally known as Mid-South Wrestling from 1979 yeah. to 1986. Left the NWA in 1979 to compete against the World Wrestling Federation. So, yeah, we know it. You know what? Let's go to... Uh WF just doing what he was doing. Exactly. Universal Wrestling Federation Bill to, you know, Watts was the 1983 yeah. branding of wrestler turned owner Bill Watts Mid-South Wrestling Promotion. Uh, Watts's goal was to elevate his promotion from a relatively smaller regional level business to a national level rival for the WWF. However, Watts' business strategy quickly swung from overnight to success to catastrophic failure, resulting in the 1987 sale of UWF to another rival, Jim Crockett Promotions, Mid-Atlantic uh, Wrestling, Georgia Championship Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, most important championships, and the predecessors of World Championship Wrestling. The promotion began at the NWA territory, NWA Tri-State, Founded by Leroy McGurk in 1950, Tri-State Mid-South UWF promoted in Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Mississippi until 1987. One of my favorite wrestling promotions of all time, and I always thought it it, it ran a little longer than that, and I was right. And then we got yeah, to the Texas. Go, go on. Our pro wrestling was part of that also. Exactly. And all their talent kind of yeah. just moved right over. Very smoothly. Texas Outlaw Promotions include Dallas Wrestling's Club uh, in Dallas, Texas, owned by Ed McLemore. Uh, years active, 1940 to 1968. Wow. Unreal. Ran against the NWA's Dallas office under Norman Clark from 1952 to 1953. He later partnered with Fritz von Erich and took over the territory as NWA Big Time Wrestling. That's an amazing run. It really Texas, is. They're so serious. Oh, there is somewhere. I know it. And then we move on to North American Wrestling Alliance, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. 
run by Keller Tim Brooks from 1990 to 1991. Then Southwest Championship Wrestling from San Antonio, Texas, run by Joe Blanchard from 1978 to 1985. And he ran against NWA Big Time Wrestling in the late 70s. Uh, Texas All Pro Wrestling was from Houston, Texas, run by Tugboat Taylor from 1989 to 1995. <laughs> also, long runs in Texas, too. Yeah. Uh, then Texas All Star Wrestling in San Antonio, read, uh, run by Fred Burrend from 1985 to 1986. Then the Texas Wrestling Federation in Dallas, Texas, run by Gary Hart from 1990 to 1991. The Wild West Wrestling, Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas Wrestling, run by Ken Mantell from 1987 to 1988, ran against World Class Championship Wrestling in 1987. So that was their big competition. Uh, West Texas Wrestling Association ran in 1983. World Class Championship Wrestling, Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, run by Fritz Von Erich from 1986 to 1990, originally known as NWA Big Time Wrestling from 1966 to 1982, left NWA in 1986 to compete against the World Wrestling Federation. So, World Class Championship Wrestling, uh, later known as WCWA, from 1986 to 1991, was an American wrestling professional wrestling headquarters in Dallas and Fort Worth, Texas. Originally owner uh, Ed McLemore. By 1966, it was run by Southwest Sports, Inc., whose president, Jack Atkinson, uh, was better known as Fritz Von Erich beginning as a territory of the NWA National Wrestling Alliance, went independent in 1986 in a bid to become a major national wrestling promotion, but was unsuccessful in its attempts and eventually went out of business in 1990. So, and then a great run. And then we move on to the West Coast, where we have All California Championship Wrestling from San Bernardino, California, run by Joe Palumbo from 1987 to 1989. And then the American Wrestling Alliance in San Francisco, California, run by Roy Shire from 1961 to 1981. Wow. Ran against the NWA's Los Angeles office under Joe Malwisk. After running Malwisk out of the business, Shire uh, joined the NWA in 1968 as NWA Big Time Wrestling. Uh, the Bay Area Wrestling San Francisco, uh, California, had Woody Farmer running that from 1989 to 1992. California Pro Wrestling from Los Angeles, run by Carl Lauer, ran from 1983 to 1990. Wow. The Golden State Wrestling, Southern California running uh, by Bill Carr in 1987. The International Wrestling Federation in Culver City, California, was run by Eric Shaw from 1986 to 1990. Oregon Wrestling Federation from Portland, Oregon, run by Jim Billy Jack Haynes in 1988, ran against Portland Wrestling in the summer of 1988. The Pacific Coast Championship Wrestling in from Hayward, California, was run by Jerry Monty from 1991 to 1992. Pacific Coast Crown Championship Wrestling from California. The Thunder ran this. The Thunder from mm-hmm. 1986 to 1987. Superstar Championship Wrestling from Seattle run by Dean Silverstone was from 1973 to 1978. They got to be some interesting shows to catch. 
Uh, West Coast Wrestling Alliance was run in Fresno, California by Gloria Gale Lane from 1991 to 1992. Western States Alliance, uh, Southern California run by Antoine Antone Leone from 1981 to 1982. Western States Wrestling Association in San Bernardino run by Billy Anderson and Jesse Hernandez ran from 1988 to 1991. And the Worldwide Wrestling Association from Los Angeles was run by Mike LaBelle from 1958 to 1982. Yes, wow. I believe it was Holly, that was Hollywood Wrestling. Um, Originally, it was known... Originally, it was known as North American Wrestling Alliance from 1958 to 1961, but then rejoined the NWA in 1968 as NWA Hollywood Wrestling. So, interesting stuff there, huh? Yes. That was a show that I just love to catch uh, on a channel, the UHF channel. Um, I remember, I don't think I had a, I, I didn't have a TV that had, you know, the option for UHF. So I used to con the next door neighbor, you know, every Sunday, whatever that was, to go up in, in his sister's room and watch that. And I remember every Thanksgiving, they had a huge, like, three-hour show on TV, and that was Gene and Mike Lavelle. And uh, it was great. You get stars from all over the country, crisscrossing, stopping in California before they go abroad. And it was a, it was a kind of a hodgepodge, you know, not, not everything made sense. But as far as seeing different talent that you wouldn't see anywhere, you know, that was a place to go. Oh, but the variety, you know, there's so much yeah. variety and so many different promotions running around uh, between the bigger yeah. promotions. Of course, the WWWF was running and, you know, we have the NWA and in, in all different branching out forms in independence and merging into other promotions. So it was an exciting time for wrestling with, the, you know, a lot of, stars developing in a lot of different areas and territories to work for and experiencing different belts and getting the inner promotional thing going, you know, from, you know, the fifties all the way up to the seventies. And, you know, I don't know, they didn't work it that much in the nineties, but they seem like they had a good thing going uh, with their crowds back in the day. And so always so glad to rewind on this and learn things that I originally never knew or maybe just forgot about or didn't know the whole story of. And and this really helps to, uh, you know, take you back in time and take you back by taking you back and rewind you with a little bit of history that if you didn't know about, you know about now. (laughs) So, and anything in includes for our wrestling archives this week, Tommy, any thoughts? uh, There's a big world out there that's undiscovered and this is a proof of it. And if you're a rabid wrestling fan, there's a lot to dig into. Take some notes. Uh, like myself, I'm going to go back and look and see if I can find any footage of some of these lesser-known organizations. And it's, you know, that much more to add to your knowledge and, you know, for your enjoyment. Yeah, these all seem, like, really interesting. And, you know, there's wrestling archives here is all about digging up the, digging up the past and digging up the truth and, you know, just teaching you, giving you a little lesson on wrestling history. So hope you've enjoyed this episode of Wrestling Rewinds Wrestling Archives. And uh, join us every Sunday on Monty and the Pharaohs Network on YouTube, uh, Sundays at 7 p.m., 
for Wrestling Rewind and Wrestling Archives. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode and hope you'll join us back real soon. For uh, my co-host, the Iron Man, Tommy Cairo, I am Angel Amoroso saying, hope you have a great night and a great life. Until next time, good night. <laughs>